you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Branding podcast. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, gets brought up all of the time, whether it's in group programs, um, in one-on-one setting with my clients, with potential clients, and I know is uh, something that I have spent many, many hours working through on my own, which is money and finances in your business um, related to your you know, business goals and the things that you are wanting to create more of in your life. Um, so I have Portia Jackson here. She is obsessed with all things related to personal finance, designing your fulfilled life, um, and the Enneagram, which is really fun for me. So I'm excited to kind of talk about that as well. Um, After leaving her corporate job as a rocket scientist, she completed a certification in personal finance planning from UCLA, got her certified financial planner, professional designation, and has helped hundreds of Fortune 500 employees as a financial wellness coach. Um, She has transformed her love of personal finance organization and personal development into a step-by-step system to help her entrepreneurs and driven professionals make the most of their money through her company, Hello Portia. So, hello, Portia. I'm hello, so Nikki. excited to have you here. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, so, w- this is like Okay, rocket scientist turned. <laughs> I want to go into financial planning. You're a mom, right? You've got a couple kids. Yes, I have, in your house. Yes, yeah, so busy house over here. So I have three daughters who are currently nine, seven, and three. And if that wasn't enough during a pandemic, we're like, let's get a dog too. So we yeah. also have our one-year-old dog, Vino. He's our boy. He's our golden So boodle. fun. <laughs> Had to bring in a male there. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. And so like, tell me what's up. Like, how did you... have you always loved numbers? Like how did you end up in rocket science? And then like from there, like, okay, I don't want to do that. I want to go into finances. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so my resume looked a little bit like a plate of spaghetti, but it all has like kind of a common theme in it. So I've always been into money, finances, personal development ever since I was a little girl. Like I remember having my own envelope system where I'm like, okay, this is what I'm saving. This is what I'm going to be giving. You know, it was church at the time. Uh, well, and still now. And then this is what I'm going to spend. I think I saw it in like some magazine in a doctor's office. I don't even remember where I got the idea from, but I'm like, this makes sense to me. And so I did it when I was like six. It wasn't anything my parents forced on me, but I was always the one like saving stuff. Um, random family members were like, hey, let me borrow $5. I'm like, all right, but you're giving me $8 back, right? Like it was just a natural, <laughs> inherent type of thing in me. And I've always loved, loved numbers. Now I got into engineering because I think my sixth grade I don't know um who was he my math teacher um sent me to like an engineering camp I'm like okay this is fun so I'm like professionally it was either this or being a sportscaster because I love sports but someone's like no do you want to climb the corporate ladder I'm like okay that sounds great I love achievement and so went and uh got my PhD because I love to teach too and I was like okay I'm going to be a professor for engineering 
And then I was like, no, that's not what I want to do. So anyway, I finished a PhD, got the job. But the whole time I was teaching other people about finance. I just never knew that was actually a career for people. I thought it was like doctor, lawyer, engineer, teacher, something like that. So I was always doing like small groups at my college, um, grad school, church, all about money and finances. I was always the go-to person in our family circle of friends. Um, Portia, what should I do with my investments? What box do I check or do I check at work? And mm-hmm. so from there, I was like, well, I need to go past books. So I just love, like I said, I love learning and like diving deep into things. And that's when I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and just get this, um, take some classes at UCLA. They had a, a certificate and they're like, well, if you're taking the classes, you might as well go ahead and get certified. And so I was like, all right, but that involved three years of experience. Couldn't do that working full-time as um, an engineer, rocket scientist. And so transitioned out, um, made a few twists and turns and, you know, long story short, maybe it wasn't so short. <laughs> now we're here today with Hello Portia, where I specialize in working with, um, small business owners and entrepreneurs and helping them create that solid financial foundation so that they can actually go out and live what I call their fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what do you love most about the work that you're doing right now? I love the why behind it, right? And you know, just put a little bit of the the Simon Sinek into this, but it's like, it all starts with why. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, the thing that makes me most excited about it is with entrepreneurs in circles I've been in directly, indirectly, just knowing people from being in this world for at this point, eight years is people are just always, we're so ambitious and we're always going after the next thing. So whether it's getting your first 10 K month, it's like, okay, I got that. Now I'm going to go for 50 K month or six figure months, or I'm going to go for an award on the wall. It's like, that's great. Like, it's always good to have goals to go after, but like, why are you going after that? Right? Because is that actually going to be enough? Or are you going after that? Because that's what everybody else online is talking about and posting on the gram and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because let's think about it. Let's say you're going for a 10K month. If you live in the middle of nowhere, you're probably, you know, balling out of control and making it rain at the, I don't know, club, Walmart, wherever it is that you go to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're living in like Los Angeles or New York, if you're, you know, once you pay rent and try to eat 10K a month is really not going to take you that far unless you may have somebody else in your life also providing an income. So I'm all about taking, you know, entrepreneurs are already pretty much already into personal development because being an entrepreneur itself is like the best way and the best yeah. course ever on personal development, right? If you're, you know, I couldn't agree all have those ups and downs, <laughs> but I'm just like, if you could take a step back from all of that and think about why are you really doing this? What do you really need to achieve in your business financially to actually achieve your goals? That's going to be your version of a fulfilled life, right? Like, so for me, I have three kids and a dog. I could care less about a Lamborghini, right? First of all, gas prices are super high. Second mm-hmm. of all, can't fit all my car seats, right? But I do care about having a house manager so I don't have to worry about keeping my house clean or doing the dishes. I do care about flying at least business class if we want to go somewhere around the world. And five tickets, that's not cheap, right? So those are the things I care about. I like going into Whole Foods and being able to buy whatever it is that I want. I don't want to have a, like a grocery budget with all, all of us in here, you know? Um, I like having, you know, three day weekends away with my husband, just going to, we're in Southern California. So maybe like San Diego or something Mm -hmm. like that's fulfillment for us. Right. And so I like working with entrepreneurs to figure out, well, what's fulfillment for you? How much does that cost? Let's work backwards to figure out, okay, to live my fulfilled life, I need to be making X amount take home pay and take home pay is not the same as business revenue. So Mm -hmm. if you need to take home 10 K you're most likely generating 
15 to 20K in your business, if not more, maybe a little bit less, depending on your margins and your business model. And that's what I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't recognize. And that's why I'm excited to kind of bring it to the market. Mm -hmm. I love that so much because I... I talk about similar thing like this around um, just the goal setting piece of it, because Mm -hmm. I have people come to me and it's like, they're just dead set. I'm like, I want to make $10,000 a month. Like, and I, and I, I'm always like, is that your goal? Or is that a goal that you adopted from so-and-so on Instagram? Who's talked about making $10,000 a month. And like, that sounds exciting. We don't know anything about someone else's goal. When they tell you they reached a certain amount of money in their business, did they have ad spend? Were they, you know, what are their expenses look like? For all yeah. we know, they could be taking home $250 that month. And that's the thing. I mean, so in between my journey of, you know, being a rocket scientist and doing what I'm doing today, I was right as, and um, I still have for the most part, my digital marketing agency, it started off with courses and, um, or online course creators and coaches, and then transitioned into uh, working with financial advisors. But when I was doing on the um, the coaches and online course creators, I worked and did some white label work for some big names that you see out there in the industry. And I know we look at them, we put them on a pedestal, and we're like, oh my gosh, they had like a six figure launch. It's like, yes, but what you don't see is that they spent seventy k in ad spend. They have eighteen members they're supporting, right? So I'm like, that six figure launch that you're talking about online looks way different behind the scenes. You know, mm-hmm. or someone, a coach who's like, yeah, I can help you get to 30K months consistently. I'm like, yes, but she's also two months behind in her invoice because it's all like billable and invoices. It's not actually mm-hmm. cash in hand. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. It's just like, we have to figure out what is success for you because I think we drive ourselves crazy when we're thinking about, well, other people have done this. That must be the standard. Like, I don't know who said 10K months was like the ultimate of ultimate of months because right now a 10K month for me would be disappointing because I have so many other things I have to support, including advertising. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm just going out and buying like all the bags that I want to in the world, which is fine if you have that, you know, do it. But it's just I don't know. I don't know where we came up with the the standard. And I think a lot of times if we spent the time thinking about why is that important to me? Who told me this was the standard? Do I agree with this? Is this true for me? It would make online business and everything that we're pouring into advertising, landing pages, branding, Mm -hmm. um, all the things that we do like so much easier and coming from a place of fulfillment again, because it's like, it actually means something to you versus like, I'm just chasing this elusive goal which honestly, um, at the end of the day, is always going to be a moving target. Because let's say you hit your 10K months. Now you're going to be probably in a different circle of people who are now hitting 30K months. Then it's going to be 50K months. Then maybe you join a mastermind where people are making 100K months or 300K months. Like it's always moving. Mm -hmm. And so you're always going to think, okay, well, when I get to this level, uh, it's going to be better. It's going to be easier. My life is going to be like... I'm just going to be sitting around eating like, I don't know, bonbons on day and people are going to be fanning me and I'm going to be working on the beach, which first of all, I don't know who actually works on the beach because the sun glare on my computer like makes it horrible and the sand gets everywhere. I'm like, who sold us this dream of working on a laptop at the beach? If I'm at the beach, I want to be at the beach. But that's the other thing. It's like you're sold an image because you're told this is what's cool. But is that actually true, right? It's like back in the 80s when it's like, oh, you're so cool if you, you know, smoke cigarettes next to like this camel or whatever. It's like, no, right. actually, you're probably going to get lung cancer in 10 years, right. right? So it's same thing with your money. Like, yeah, it might be cool to say you have this, but you might end up being stressed out, not spending enough time with your kids or like doing all these different things to reach this elusive goal that means nothing to you. Yeah. So it's like, what does it mean to you? And let's get to that. And then 
you know, it makes the branding and all that other stuff so much, so much more fun. Mm. I want to, I feel like I want to unpack like multiple things that you just said. The first one, the first thing I want to talk about, and then I feel like this is a great segue into, um, why people have, why certain kinds of people struggle with money and finances, Mm -hmm. which I feel like you're probably going to unpack that that has something to do with Enneagram and things like Uh that. I love the Enneagram. Yeah. But one question I have is, is kind of taking it back a little bit and not necessarily aligned with that, but, um, in the online space, I think that this is just an interesting conversation to open up around, Mm -hmm the transparency in sharing numbers in your business and sharing Mm -hmm. finances in your business. Um, Because I, you know, it's actually just last night that I was reading this post on Instagram about um, people talking about these, like I'm doing air quotes right now, like little white (laughs) lies of like the online marketing world. Mm -hmm. And they're not like these big, massive lies, but things like I had a, you know, I've had multiple six figure months or I'm running a six figure business or whatever it is. But really, if you're to break into their finances, like they're have all, yes, they're running a six figure business, but there's all of these other things that are Mm -hmm. going on. Um, You know, or like I'm reaching $10,000 months or I've got, you know, whatever it is. Um, What is your take on like the level of transparency that's needed when you are sharing like money and finances and back end looks on yeah. businesses. Yeah. So that my biggest thing that is jumping in my mind right now is just honesty and how you are presenting what it is that you're presenting, right? Like mm-hmm. anything can be true, but it's not necessarily the truth. If you if that makes sense, right? I can say, and let's take it out of money because sometimes money can be like a really sensitive topic for people. Someone can say, hey, I just lost 10 pounds in one week. Let me show you how I did it. But if you've been on a water fast for seven days, that's not really fair, right? Like nobody really (laughs) wants to not eat for seven days just to lose 10 pounds. It's not, you're not being truthful um, with what you're saying. You're just saying the end result, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are um, sharing finances online, you need to let people know, well, is it gross revenue? Meaning, okay, you had a six-figure month, so you had $100,000 hit your Stripe account, like gross in cash. Is it gross because you had invoices? So maybe your actual cash collected was 30 k but you have 70 k of like ongoing charges that will come through, at, <clears throat> excuse me, like the next year. Is it 6 k net, right? Like meaning you made 100 k like in cash, but when you subtract all your expenses and team members and advertising, you still netted. 100k is 100k take home like there's so many different right. ways to report that and um it also you know we don't even look at, know what's going on in the back end like okay maybe you had a six-figure month but did you rack up 150k in your credit card to get to that six-figure month in which case you're actually negative 50k for that month right mm-hmm. like there's so many different ways you can kind of spin this which and I think we've all seen in the news and media you can have the exact same event and people report it different ways it's the same mm-hmm. thing online with the numbers which yeah. is why i think people tend to be so hesitant to either share or at this point believe because it's like oh i've heard this before so that's why i'm like unless you actually need to share your numbers because it's like i don't know if you're trying to motivate people or whatever like again it goes back to the why like why are you sharing it and is there a way of sharing it that can be either more transparent that could be more relatable or is this more about like your ego and you want to show people how 
big and important in, in things you are online, right? So mm -hmm. I think it really just depends. But as like the consumer of this information, I'm always asking myself, well, what does this actually mean? And what does it mean for me? Like, okay, you had a six figure month. Is, I'm not, am I following you because I want you to teach me how to have a six figure month? Or is this just random information you're sharing to just be like all like, you know, big and bold on the internet? So yeah, I love that. And you kind of went in to write what I was, what I'm feeling is, um, is around the consumption of that. And, mm -hmm. and like getting back to, like you said, like, I think people adopt these goals as if they're their own because of the internet being loud and social media and following so many people. And it's like, they don't even have the capacity to clear the muck out of their mind and the tools, which you, I know provide a lot of these mm -hmm. for them to get clear on what is actually your goal. Like what, what yeah. would be fulfilling for you and how do we reverse engineer that so mm -hmm. that you can start creating that to be, to be a reality sooner than later. And not like, like you said, it's a moving target. I almost feel like you'll never get there if you don't actually do a system like you're talking about where you start yeah. implementing that right away. Um, and yeah. so I think, you know, it's so easy to be swayed and um, in the online space and to be like digesting all this different information, numbers, weight loss goals, whatever it is, right. That other people are doing. Um, but to be, to stand on your own, like firm ground of, I know my numbers, I know what it would take for me to feel really good. And I'm mm -hmm. on my own path, regardless of like what someone else is doing in their business yeah. um and along those lines i had my biggest months in business um when i got myself off of social media and what i mean by that is i took facebook i took instagram off my phone i had said this was the beginning of the month or actually it was the end of i think it was the end of whatever it was the end of the month and i was like this is my goal for the next month took it off my phone because i by that point i knew what my financial goal was mm -hmm. and i knew what my strategy was to hit that goal so, and this, I was even in a mastermind and I took myself out of the Voxer channel because the people, you should always be in masterminds or in groups where people are doing way more than what you're doing because it's going to like pull you up to their level, but it only works to a certain extent. If you start to get distracted by like their success and like what they're doing, then it's kind of like, okay, you have to monitor that. And so that's what happened with me. I'm like, okay, this is my goal. Um, let me not distract myself with all of the noise out there. I had my strategy. I knew I just needed to take to, to um, excuse me, to take the action. So GSA, goal, strategy, action. And I just took myself out of the noise. I just focused in on what I was going to do for that month. And I had hit my goal by the middle of the month. I ended up doubling that goal. And it was pretty significant. Um, so I, I was really um, proud of myself for that. But again, mm -hmm. I knew what I was going to do. So like as far as my plan to hit that goal, and I knew why I had the goal. Um, and the way I set the goal was there are certain things I like in my own like personal space, meaning I like Manny Petties, I like all the girly stuff like mm -hmm. spas and all that. So I knew what I wanted my own allowance, so to speak, for lack of better words, to be from our family income. Mm -hmm. I know what that translated into from our family budget. So I knew how much we needed for that month. And then I knew what I needed that to translate into for like my business take home. So you work backwards to get what the actual business goal is. And then obviously you want to cover things like ad cost or whatever. Um, but like being really focused and just taking yourself out of the noise, like find the one or two people you're going to follow for, you know, financial advice. And maybe they have a podcast or they have a Facebook group, you know, follow one or two people for like business strategy or something like just reduce the amount of noise you have. Cause I feel like that is actually what slowed me down the first few years. Cause I felt like I was learning from everyone. I was on everyone's email list. I was buying all the courses. Everybody had their own way of doing something. 
me being very analytical and, and like a type one Enneagram, yeah. I was like, okay, I have to go through all the courses before I can get started. It was really kind of a drain. Um, so that's just something that helped me was getting clear and getting focused and getting offline while I was executing my strategy. I love that. All right. So let's talk about, you know, I want to talk about money and finances. The first question I have is why do you think that some people have major blocks or traumas or resistance to addressing their finances, like at the baseline level? Yeah. Well, a lot of it goes back to not, not trying to sound like your typical therapist, but like your childhood, right? Like pretty much everything we've learned about money, we've learned by the age of seven. So if you think about, um, what were you doing between zero and seven? And that will explain a lot about how you deal with money today. So whether you came from an affluent family and maybe it was just like, you know, we never worried about money and now you, you know, maybe you spend a lot or maybe you want it to be the opposite because you're like, maybe we're spending too much. Uh, maybe your parents argued about money. Maybe there was never enough or um, you were made to feel like you had to earn it because it's like, um, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we bought you new school clothes. See, that's why you should be acting a certain way, you know, or aren't you ashamed of how you acted last night? Because look at all this stuff we're doing for you, right? And it gives you that feeling of not being enough or, you know, maybe um, you didn't come from a very healthy background and, you know, um, money came from, we, right? We all have our own things. So like, there's so many different ways of how our money story was formed. Um, a lot of times, just in general, um, chances are for people who are like 30 plus that um, your parents most likely didn't talk about money with you, right? Whether they struggled with it or not, because their generation, we always have to kind of look back and be like, well, what were they dealing with? They never learned it from their parents. Like it was never like an open conversation for most people. Now, obviously there's always exceptions. So then you fast forward from, you know, age seven, you to you in the present. And now you're like, wow, well, my parents didn't really talk about it. Um, I learned everything about money from what I saw them do or not do, uh, or from how our lifestyle was or wasn't. We didn't really talk about it in school. Um, So it's like, I've kind of picked up stuff along the way. Um, you know, and then now here we are, it's just like, okay, I probably can figure out how to do a budget because maybe I read a blog and now you're piecemealing things together. But, you know, now we're all having all these beliefs with us, like, oh, I'm not good with money or, um, I'm not where I want to be. So maybe I'll just ignore it and, you know, get my minimum bills paid and I'll be fine. Right. Um, so we have Mm. that, what is it? The ostrich in the sand, head in the sand type of, you know, um, thing as well. So there's just a lot of things that go into it. And so that's why it is important to do um, kind of like the work. I'm like, well, what is your money story? Why do you think about money in the way that you do? What about that is working for you? Because some things might be beneficial, um, but what about that is not working for you? And is you think maybe slowing you down or hindering yourself? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, how do you weave Enneagram stuff into business goals or how did you end up getting into Enneagram and having that become a part of like what you've got going on? Yeah. So, um, I think I came across Enneagram from an Instagram post, clearly not on a social media cleanse at the time. And <laughs> I was like, what is this? Cause I love personality tests. Like I'm yeah. obsessed with them. I'm like anything I could do to learn more about how I act and the way I do like sign me up. I mean, this goes back, way back to, I used to take the quizzes like in 17 magazine and stuff Yeah, um, where I'm like, I just want to know like, what's my quiz? What's my result? Like I love, why quizzes. am I the way that I am? I know. I'm like, like, who is my dream boyfriend Cele- or celebrity boyfriend? Yeah. Like as how if that's going to happen. How many kids am I going to have based right. on what kind of food I have? <laughs> have to have. (laughs) Exactly. So I got into it that way. And I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. And then I had my husband do it. 
And I was like, that makes so much sense. And so um, I already knew working with people and like all the people I worked with when I was a financial uh, wellness coach at PricewaterhouseCoopers, that people approach money very differently. And it makes sense, right? Because we're all very different people with our own different personalities. And I feel like in the And apparently life, our own childhood traumas also. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, there's so many layers to this, right? Like it's your personality, it's your income. It's like, what did you grow up with? It's, you know, what, what have you been influenced by good and bad? And so, um, but I feel like within the personal finance space, people talk about like one way to deal with money. I'm like, well, how are you going to have one way to deal with money when you have all these different types of people coming into play? And so with um, the system that I created has four different parts, but the very first is understanding your money personality. And I do that through the Enneagram um, because I feel like, um, and if you're not familiar with it, you could just Google Enneagram. There's plenty of free tests that you can take out there where you can learn what your number is because you'll there's nine different numbers and they'll tell you kind of, in general, what your personality is like. Now, obviously there's more than nine different types of people in the world. And I don't mean for this to put anyone in a box. It's more of a starting point. There's different complexities with the Enneagram that will kind of you know, branch out into a gazillion different ways that you can show up in the world, but it's a good start. Um, and so I use that as the basis of how I deal with people with money. For example, I'm an Enneagram one. Enneagram ones tend to be very, um, like conscientious, we're very sensible, very responsible, you know, that there's a, a big like right and wrong versus wrong type of thing. I love a good spreadsheet, um, that type of thing, right? So I'm like, I know all my money down to like the penny. My husband is a seven. Sevens love to just get the most out of life. They're, I don't want to say like the fun ones, because uh, I think we all can be fun, but theirs is more so about, um, their money approach is more about, hey, I just want to have fun. Um, they'll, they're going to be like the type of people that's like, hey, this is my new hobby. I'm going to like go into tennis. They'll be the ones that go out and buy like all the fancy tennis gears. And then like three months later, like, you know what? That actually wasn't for me. Um, right. Because, and that's how it is for all of them. Like there's no number, I believe, that is better or worse at money than another. It's just that each number has pros and cons when it comes to handling money. So for example, with me, although I'm great with a spreadsheet and I love to have everything nice and organized, I'm also a, a perfectionist. Ones tend to be our perfectionist. And so if I like miss a week or something, I might just be like, oh, forget it. And then I'm like off for a month and haven't looked at any numbers whatsoever because it's like, well, if I can't do it perfect, I'm not gonna do it at all, right? So that would be a con to my number in relation to money, but nobody is bad at money. And that's my true belief. Mm, I'm a four, I'm an Enneagram four. You're a four, okay, yeah. let me put my a thing here. Okay. So fours are more inclined to emotional spending because uh, you follow your habit of kind of like following your feelings rather than acknowledging facts. So that's um, me to like a T I'm like, is it? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just like, Oh yeah. I'm just going to do it. Like, yeah, this feels good. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So <laughs> or like is- I'll go to Disney. Like I, this is like a good example. Like I did like a solo trip with my daughter to Disney and it was like, uh-huh. and granted, like we're in Disney. So you're just yeah. like, what, you know, uh, maybe not. This is me. I'm not on a budget in Disney. I'm like, <laughs> we're in Disney. We're having a good time of spending the money, you know, yeah. but like, I'm like, oh yeah, you want the Dippin' Dots? Get it. Oh, you want the like Mickey Mouse popcorn holder to go that we can, yep. yeah, let's get it. Like, it's so exciting. Let's get it. That's like yeah. my spending mentality. Yep. So for you as a four at your best with money, 
you're really true to yourself um, and the goals that you set. So you'll set really um, your why behind your goals is going to be very strong and it's going to be very easy for you to stay on track to hit those goals. Mm-hmm. But at your worst, you tend to give into a need to kind of keep up with your aesthetic, you know, so like that, the good feeling. So it's just like, you know, for example, using your Disney analogy, uh, it's like, yeah, that we're feeling good. Let's keep this feeling, you know, up. So let's, you know, if you're going to be sad, if you don't get the Mickey Mouse popcorn holder, here's the Mickey Mouse popcorn holder, right? Like, so that's how um, you kind of deal with that. So let me run through all the numbers, like really, really quick, just so people can yeah. get like a little snippet of like how you might deal with money and how that might look for you. So again, go online, Google, like Enneagram test, figure out what your number is. You can give, um, and, if you can give us your favorite Enneagram test, we can put it in the show notes of this. Okay. Episode. So yeah, I think I would go, I like the Enneagram Institute one. That one works really well. Um, and then, yeah, I'll give it to you for the show, um, for the show notes. Cause I took three of them and they all had the same results. So I think they're awesome. all pretty much about the same. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So number one, so like myself, um, at our best, we're very wise with money and we're aware of our spending habits, but at our worst, like I mentioned, we're likely to withdraw or become very frugal and deeply self-critical. So it's like, if I can't do it right, I'm not going to do it at all. Then your finances like tend to get ignored. Mm-hmm. Choose. Um, so you are the, the, the selfless loving people of the Enneagram, not to say that other people aren't, um, but those are the ones that tend to, you know, kind of bring it up. So at your best, you are going to be um, using finances to further those relationships, but at your worst, you're almost going to be using money to un- almost like control and manipulate people into loving you because you really want people to be telling you that you're wanted, that you're loved. So it's just like, okay, yeah, I'll pick up the tab for everybody at the restaurant, even though I can't afford this, but everyone's going to tell me how much they love me. So it, it's worth it to me, right? Well, it's not going to be <laughs> worth it to your bank account if you have not uh, incorporated that into your budget. All right. Threes. Let's see. Okay. So threes are our achievers, right? These are going to be a a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are threes. Um, They're very image conscious. So at your best, um, you're very self-aware, self-assured, self-motivated. You are most likely already have some very smart goals. So um, specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-bound. That SMART acronym, you're very good at goal setting. But at your worst with money, you can be very opportunistic, vain and use your money to overindulge because again, Mm. you're all about the appearance of your success, not just the success. And again, it depends on how close you are to the healthy side of yourself versus the unhealthy side of yourself. I feel Um, like there's a lot of three entrepreneurs on the internet. Yes. Yes. Right. Because of the image consciousness, these are going to be the ones that are talking about, Oh, I had a six figure month, regardless of what it took to get there. Or like look at my yacht and my Lamborghini and, and all these other things that I have now. Yes. Yeah. But then on the flip side, the people who are really good uh, with money, or I don't want to say good with money, but the threes who are less about the image consciousness are going to be very goal driven, Mm. goal focused and stay on track to their financial goals. And that's their pro within the, the money conversation. Awesome. Okay. So we talked about the four. So again, the, um, you're following your feelings rather than acknowledging facts. However, at your best, um, you keep true to yourself and your goals because they actually mean something to you, which is amazing. Um, but at your worst, you kind of need to, again, kind of give into that. I have to maintain the feeling, um, type of spending mm-hmm. for our fives. Our fives are likely to approach money. You're our researchers. Um, you tend to research a topic a lot. So you actually know a lot about money. Um, you're very observant, you're very open-minded and thoughtful, but at the same time, you tend to be a little bit critical and withdrawing from others when it comes to money. So you're going to be the person who reads all the blogs, 
um, listens to all the podcasts about money, but you don't necessarily take action mm-hmm. on it because mm-hmm. you think you might need to learn one more thing before you get started. Um, our sixes are going to be our safety first type of Enneagram. Our sixes are the ones that walk into a room and are like, okay, where's the emergency exit? Just in case we get invaded by zombies or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously I'm having fun with this, but mm-hmm. these are going to be the ones who um, your pros are going to be, you're always thinking about um, how can you protect what you have? So a lot of times people are always thinking about how can I get more and more and more? Sixes mm-hmm. are really about how can I like keep and protect what I have? Our sixes uh, are going to be the ones that have your, your um, emergency funds naturally. They're going to be the ones that probably have spent too much on insurance because they want to make sure everything is protected against weather, sue happy people, uh, zombie, you know, apocalypse, like whatever, yeah. right? So they were the ones that most likely already had toilet tissue before the pandemic hit. Like they're like, oh, we don't <laughs> wait to the last roll. Like we already had it. Some of um, you are saying, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I bet this person in my family is this. Or yes. like, oh, I bet this person is this. Yes, and exactly. then I want to go and like, be like, do you know your Enneagram? Oh, I'm totally making my parents take it. They're a little resistant to like different personality tests. Cause they know I'm probably going somewhere with it. But to me, <laughs> it's been helpful to know myself and even just understanding like other people through this too. And cause I feel like, um, when you understand where people are coming from, even if you don't agree with it, you're like, okay. I can see, I can see why you, why you think that way. It takes away some of that like bitterness and like stinginess mm-hmm. and like the conversations. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I get it. You're the one that thinks that we're going to get, you know, robbed every time we leave to go for a walk. And that's why you check all of the locks in the house versus you who might be more of a free spirit. And you're like, let's just go. We live in a safe neighborhood. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you guys always get in, into an argument about locking the doors, it's like, well, now you have different points of view of which to see how that person sees it. And it just makes it a completely different conversation. You might not still agree, but it could just be a more agreeable conversation. And you might just be like, ah, not that big of a deal. Go ahead, lock all the doors. I'm going to start the walk type right. of thing. Um, so for our sixes, yes, you're very uh, conscientious against um, risk, uh, which is great because you're not going to be the type of person that dives into like, okay, great. Let me put my entire retirement fund into like crypto. Right. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you might oversave and not spend enough. So you also have to learn how to have fun with your money sevens, um, at your best, you approach life with like this optimist lens, everything is going to work out perfectly. Um, and you can turn even the dullest things into an adventure. However, um, on the flip side, uh, sevens tend to not necessarily have the natural ability to focus, um, have accountability and consistency. Um, so they're going to be the ones that, um, although they're like, they might hear this and be like, oh, this is awesome. We're going to look into my finances. We're going to do it. And then two months later, it's like, yeah, never mind. I'll get to that later. Or they're on to like the next thing. So kind of learning how to um, incorporate your personality into how can I make this fun in an ongoing way? So for my sevens, I like to really gamify personal finance because it's like, okay, now this is fun. I can actually stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, our eights are going to be our, you know, our hustle, hustle hard, work hard, play hard type of people. Um, so at their best, they're very self-satisfied and they tend to actually be resistant to spending. Um, but at your worst, you can be a little bit stubborn with your financial planning because you tend to think it's like my way or the highway. Um, and you're not necessarily always open to other ways of doing things. And again, like I said, this is because can vary because there's not just nine types of people in the world. This is just the starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And then finally, our nines, our nines are our peacemakers of the Enneagrams. They like to avoid conflict. Um, mm-hmm. So at your best, you're very practical. You're very thoughtful and considerate. Um, but at your worst, you can be a little bit unmotivated and kind of a little bit lazy with the financial planning. And um, we'll see this a little bit because 
Uh, nines will be the ones that, since you are so agreeable, if everybody else wants to go to the movies or maybe go to the more expensive restaurant when you go out, and you're like, actually, I was kind of cool with Taco Bell. You'll go along with the group. Um, no offense to people who like Taco Bell, um, but you'll go out with the group and spend whatever just to be agreeable. So you just tend to kind of spend to make sure that you're not causing any type of conflict. So this might play out um, with like, say, if you're married, you want, you know, just the basic refrigerator because you're like, all right, it holds all of our stuff. But maybe your partner's like, no, we need the, need the one that has like the French doors and like the double freezer and the screen on the front. That's like five times more than what you wanted to spend. You're like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, honey, that sounds good. But in your mind, you're like, I didn't really want this one. Right. And you can see how that can start to um, compound and impact your finances. So that's right. just a brief snippet. But this is where I always start because if you can understand your relationship with money, it's really going to make the rest of the, the process much easier versus trying to cram yourself into a system that was never like built specifically for you. So of course you're going to think you're not good at money because it's not the way that you interpret money. Yeah. I, you know, I find all of this so interesting and similar to you. Like I've always been like any of like those tests and those quizzes to like figure out like who you are, like this test or this one, um, because I feel the same way. Like it's so applicable to money specifically because I think mm -hmm. money's scary for a lot of people, you know, it like, is. I don't, I don't care no matter what you're like, I don't want to be broke. Right. I want right. to make sure that I'm able to pay my bills. I want to make sure that I'm comfortable and like doing more than like just getting by, I think is like 99% right. of people would choose that life, you know? And exactly. so, um, but, and so there's a fear factor there around it, but, um, even in just entrepreneurship, right. And like just making decisions in general, it there and, or like building your first course or doing this, like you're, like you said, everyone's got a different way of doing things. And I bet you, like, if you were to look at like all the, all the people in the industry that you're in, that you follow, that you admire, that you like have bought their course, like they've created their method in a way that makes sense to them. Yes. Based upon what type of person that they are and whether yeah. that is like the type of Enneagram that they are, whatever it is. Right. I, th I feel like all of these tests, the results are just uncovering human beings and, mm -hmm. and like our makeup basically. Um, and so finding the ones that work for you uh, and finding like this system that works for you. And especially when it comes to your finances, like for me, it's like this feels this like lightens the load mm -hmm. you explaining it this way lightens the load for me I'm like oh okay I could actually do this in a way that works for my like who I am as a human yeah um and that like doesn't like budgeting to me intensely is like makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's why we focus on creating like, what's your personalized system mm -hmm. for money and finances. Cause if you're crawling out of your skin with your budgeting, how in the world are we going to get onto like investing and insurance and all the other things? Right. So it's like, figure out a way that works for you. So for some people it might be, Hey, I love budgeting or I love looking at my numbers every month. Let me set this up and I'm in it every week. Some people, we might have to just invest a little bit of time on the, on the beginning to say, hey, okay, we actually do need to have some type of budget in place so we kind of know what your cash flow is because you don't really want to spend more than what you're making per month, right? Mm -hmm. um, but let's set it up once. So that way it kind of set, it runs itself so you don't have to do it, but it's still being done because some things just need to happen, right? You know, so 
um, like we all have to pay taxes or like basically go to jail, right? So it's like, <laughs> but you don't have to pay, like you don't actually have to sit there and learn the tax code. Maybe somebody mm-hmm. else does it for you and kind of sets that up. So it's just all about, I think the biggest takeaway I want people to know from this episode is if something that you're doing with your finances doesn't feel right, that means it's not right for you, right? If budgeting feels like this is taking up too much of my time each week, figure out a different budgeting method that works for you. If you're like, hey, checking my finances makes me feel like I'm a failure or something like that. And so I never check them. So I actually have no idea what's going on in my business or my finances. Okay, figure out a way that's going to work for you that makes you feel more empowered. And maybe that goes back to your goal setting, right? Like if you look at your numbers, you're like, man, I'm negative $3,000 this month. um, And my credit card is due, whatever. Um, Figure out how can you reframe that and make that into a goal that's more empowering. It's like, okay, you know what? I am four sales away of this course to paying off this credit card and make it motivating for mm. you. Right. And even if the way I said that was just like, nah, that's still not working for me. Fine. Remember like you're one of like 6 billion people in the world. So you're going to find your way of doing finances that works for you. That's why I start with the Enneagram. That's why I have people figure out what is your, you know, dream life look like your life of fulfillment. What is that going to cost you? Then we go into your actual personal finances. Because if you do it the other way around, which is typically the way that people do it, it doesn't make sense because it's like, well, how are you going to budget if you know that this person doesn't like budgeting? Like that's so backwards right. to me. Yeah. And I feel like it's really something that needs to be changed. I love that. So how, speaking of like the way that you do things, what are the different ways that you are working with um, clients right now? So there's two uh, ways that you can work with me now. One is through my Frisky Finances Workshop, and that's where we actually dive into the Enneagram and your relationship with money and specifically how it relates to your partner, your spouse, your boo, random Tinder hookup, whatever, like whatever <laughs> you're dealing with money, right? It can't I even know work I just for... met you last night, but we right. figure out our money together. You know, for some people it could work. It could work. Or even if it's like, if it's like family members, I just say like, take off like the frisky part. Um, right. But it, it works also if you're, you're solo because it will, or if you're single, because it shows you how you can take the Enneagram and make it into your own personalized basis for creating your financial system. I just call it frisky finances because studies have shown that people would rather talk about sex and are more comfortable talking about sex than they are about their money. So I'm like, great, we'll talk about that, right? Like, obviously it's, it's PG rated, um, but it's more so about like, how can we make this fun and incorporate regular date nights where we're sitting down talking about our money and making sure we're on the same page in a way that's not contentious. It's not something we avoid or something that's like a hot button issue. And the second is I have a wait list coming out um, for our group coaching program. So it's going to be a combination of private coaching, but group coaching all together. Because again, I know money is very mm-hmm. sensitive and private to people. So none of your personal information is going to be shared with other people. You have your own personal coach, but the group program itself is to keep you accountable. You have access to the course and that is coming out in October of this year. So October of 2021. Love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the links, anything that you give me into the show notes. Um, so I can share how people can, um, get on the wait list when that's ready for the October course and the other frisky package there, which sounds, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh yeah, I want that one. That, yeah. that's yep. Frisky like, finances. And yeah. then the, you know, the other thing is I have my free Facebook group. It's the um, personal finance success for entrepreneurs and small business owners. And I give a lot of free value in there as well. Um, and people can ask questions and you can ask them anonymously too. So if you want to just sit, send me the message and then I answer it in the group on your behalf. So again, cause I know money can be funny. 
Did yeah. it <laughs> different yeah. types of people. I love it so much. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this today. I feel like it's so insightful just to hear from somebody about finances that isn't just like, this is the way that you do it. I, you know, for me, when I, I've always been, um, well, I've changed my story around money. So it's not like I've always been bad at money, but mm-hmm. I've had some bad money stories that I've carried with me for mm-hmm a long time, like from childhood. And then, um, you know, I owned another business before this where I didn't make the best, you know, financial Mm -hmm. decisions in it, but, um, I've done so much work around changing those, but, um, for me, it was like, I ended up following the profit first method in, Mm -hmm. and that, and I read that book and I kind of followed that whole system just to like, get something in place. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I was really flying by the seat of my pants. Um, but I feel like I didn't know having like financial support outside of like an accountant or a bookkeeper was available. And so yes. that's what I want people to know as well is that, um, people like Portia and Portia exist so that you can have a support system to help you um, be well with your money and mm-hmm. be able to make smart decision decisions and um, set realistic goals and reach them and figure out a method in a way that actually works for you, not against you. Um, Cause I know for me, like so much of my life, it felt like my finances and my money were working against me. Like mm-hmm. I needed to be checking, looking at my bank account every day, right. Or like every week or whatever the thing I read told me I needed to be doing. And it was like every time. And here's me, the four led by feelings. Like every time I would go in there to check it, I'm like, I, I already know I'm not going to feel good. So I'm just mm-hmm. not even going to check it. Yeah. Yeah. And And that's the thing, right? So it's just like, you have to know what works for you. And it's also, how do you have that identity with money? Like I always encourage people to just say, I am good with money. Because if you keep saying like, I'm not good with money, or I don't know what to do, that's what you're going to keep creating. So just say, I am good with money. And the way for me, I'm going to find the way for me. And that, cause it's like, if you ask better questions, you get better answers. So instead of just saying like, I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm not good with this, just say you're good with this. And you'll, you'll, it's what you need will come to you. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was such an insightful talk and, um, definitely go check out Portia, uh, join her free Facebook group. We'll link that up, get on her wait list. If you are not in complete control of what's going on in your world money, it's like the number one thing that's been like catalyst for me in my own business, being that person who's like avoided looking at numbers, made mistakes in the past. Like, one time yeah yeah (laughs) and that's good to know too you know even the best people who can budget to a t are like still have their uh their uh at their worst you called it with the enneagram stuff still Mm -hmm. have like a part of them that is a struggle when it comes to money um so you're not alone and uh definitely go check out Portia. thank you so much thanks nikki